0: May I direct your thoughts to Hebrews chapter 6, verses 18 and 19. Perhaps we should read from verse 17. Wherein God willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel, confirmed it by an oath that by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us. Which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which entereth into that within the veil. Now we shall try to concentrate on hope as that is set before us in this chapter, and as you very well know, the letter was written to the Hebrews. Now, the Hebrews or the Jews in the time of Christ had just come through an extraordinary trauma They had seen a crucifixion at Jerusalem, which commanded the attention of the Roman Empire and of the Jews, and as many as gathered from other nations at the time of Passover at Jerusalem, and extraordinarily the Jews' leaders, Caiaphas and those who were in office with him, united very strongly to crucify the person who claimed to be sent of God to redeem the world. The fulfillment of the promises that are written for us throughout Scripture. And so we have a situation that is, full of complications. There were those who believed that Jesus was the Christ, but they themselves were so shaken by the crucifixion that they themselves, in their thinking, were in a turmoil. They couldn't think straight as to what was happening or what would happen but subsequently events developed independent of the problems that the disciples and others had and we see a powerful setting forth of the power of God amidst the darkness and the gloom of Jewish unbelief. And it is quite extraordinary that it was the church uh, which crucified Christ. Yet, Within the church, there was a remnant according to the election of grace. Now, we have to be careful when we refer to the election of grace, because that doctrine goes beyond, well beyond, what any ordinary human being is able to analyze. It certainly is clearly set forth in Scripture and without God as our Savior, nobody would be saved. But at the same time, we have also to remember that within the framework of Scripture, we have a clear invitation coming forth to sinners, Jews and Gentiles, such as, whosoever will, let him drink of the water of life freely. And also, look unto me, all ye ends of the earth and be ye saved. And that should not surprise us because we are so finite in our understanding of ourselves and of the world in which we live. And we see very clearly the problem that man has in our own generation. We have all kinds of difficulties breaking out here and there. And in the midst of it all, the only answer that is partly suggested is that of using force in order to subdue those who delight in war. So today for a little we will try to look at hope. Hope is a wonderful thing. Uh, It's lovely for a child to hope the child looks forward to growing up. In my day as a child, I often looked forward to the days when school would be over and I would be able to adjust my life in a more independent way where I was not subject to authority, but that was childish foolishness, for authority is necessary in life in order to set forth order, but hope is a lovely thing, and today you and I have hope too, not because we are in the free church continuing, not because that we are better people than others, but because the scepter is in the hand of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And it is wonderful that when we reflect on the ultimate that God intends that we have it encased in this beautiful setting forth of the mind of God. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life and so we come to this letter specifically addressed to the Jews now the Jews had their own revelation it was a divine revelation remember that it is not us realize that we are sinners, that we need correction, that we need saving. It is God who tells us that we are sinners, that we need to be saved, and that he has a purpose of salvation. You will recall how when Adam and Eve first sinned that God gave the promise at that very time that the seed of the woman, the descendant of Eve, who was first to receive the fruit that was forbidden to her, the seed, her descendant, would bruise the serpent's head. It's an extraordinary promise because it is the promise of God. It is not my promise. It's not your promise. It's not the promise of any denomination. But mercifully, it is the promise of God, a wonderful promise. And so we... Come to the wonderful setting forth of a situation, a world that was created by God, and God is Almighty, and we see a world. That was created in sheer beauty, sinless in every respect. And then we see the entrance of sin. Where did sin come from? How did it break through the defense mechanisms that the Almighty? exercises in every generation? We cannot answer that. Why is there so much suffering? Why is it that people in childhood, in their youth, in middle age and old age, go through appalling suffering in terms of sickness or in terms of experiences within their own families. We cannot answer that question. We cannot answer that question. We can say to the person who throws that type of question at us, that if we are going to talk about suffering, nobody suffered as our Lord and Saviour suffered. He entered personally into the depths of the lostness of a lost eternity. He entered into the depths of what sin had done, the curse it had brought into the world. And we have to leave it there. Our wonderful and gracious Lord and Saviour, is the one in whom rests whatever lies ahead of us and it could not be in better hands. Now that is not to say but that scripture and Christ himself emphasizes very strongly that if we die without Christ we shall live in a Christless eternity and that means the companionship of uh, all that is satanic and all that is evil. It's a terrible thought And we pray and hope that you and I, and as many as the Lord will say, that we will bear that in mind when we refer to that doctrine. Our Lord himself wept over the city of Jerusalem. it would be good if by the grace of God we also could weep over our own sins and the sins of our fellow sinners so often we become almost high and mighty and ready to condemn ready to find fault, ready to look across the road at our neighbor and pick out his or her faults and forget that dormant in our own lives we have this cesspool that can erupt at any moment into some of the most heinous of sins. And we see that illustrated for us in Scripture itself. Uh, it, it, It is wonderful when you reflect how some of the things that were done by believers in the Old Testament and New Testament uh, are exposed um, it's amazing and uh, I always referred as so many others to Manasseh he was a terrible person uh, the son of Hezekiah Hezekiah was a good king, but the son went the other way and campaigned vigorously to destroy all that God represented. And we see his actions going out against his fellow Jews in Jerusalem with the streets of Jerusalem running with the blood of those whom he destroyed. And yet scripture tells us that Manasseh, in the time of his trouble, when he was in chains, called upon God, prayed to God, and God heard. There are other examples, of course, such as the thief on the cross. And uh, it's wonderful that we have these uh, truths set before us so that when we come to reflect on ourselves and upon our fellow beings it is so merciful that we are in the hands of god not in the hands of our minister not in the hands of our denomination but in the hands of god and whatever airs and graces we as men and women adopt the reality is that All things are in the hands of God. And as David said, (coughs) after he sinned, (coughs) counting the people, let me fall into the hands of God and not in the hands of men. It's extraordinary how unforgiving we are as men and women. And it is equally extraordinary how quickly we find fault with people when perhaps in our own way of life, their lies concealed, these monsters of sin, which, if exposed to the world, would cause us to feel thoroughly ashamed, rightly so. Well then, let us come back to this letter to the Jews after the... the, uh, Crucifixion and how uh, we are reminded here of the reality of uh, Christ, who, though rejected, nevertheless identified himself. In a manner that could not in any way be cancelled. Uh, no one can deny, at least no rational person can deny, that Jesus rose from the dead, the resurrection. Uh, there are witnesses. Very credible witnesses. There are a number of them who saw him alive. Even Saul of Tarsus, the great apostle Paul, he did all that was within his power to blot out the memory of Christ until he met with Christ on the Damascus Road and there acknowledged, Who art thou, Lord? And immediately recognized that this was Jesus whom he tried to destroy. And it's a wonderful thing when you think of the Lord Jesus that here you have a person whose birth is undeniable. Not even the greatest atheist can deny the birth of Christ, nor can anyone deny the death of Christ, the crucifixion. And this Jesus speaks of the Bible from Genesis to what was subsequently the New Testament and he speaks of it as a book that is true And that not one jot or tittle of it will fail in its fulfillment. If we are looking for assurance that we have the truth in Christ, then It is certainly set before us, and may God, the Holy Spirit, open our minds to receive the actual thrust of this witness that is so strong that it is unbreakable. Jesus is Lord, and we we thank him that he is Lord. And rejoice that he is Lord. Well then he was writing to these Jews. And you see. As you can understand. It was a tremendous change. For the Jew. To come away from. The prescribed way of worship. That he followed. And that prescribed way of worship. Was God given. A. Uh, such as the sacrifices and uh, and the representations uh, through the priesthood and so on. Uh, These were there very, very clearly as God-given. They were, of course, the teaching was abused as the teaching of Christ is abused in our own day, but nevertheless, uh, the teaching was there. And now they were to fall away. Uh, it was not necessary anymore to offer any sacrifice. And it certainly wasn't necessary to go through the prescribed way of worship as we have it in the Old Testament. All was fulfilled in Christ. The Old Testament was pointing to Christ. And so we have this great change and the apostle writes to the Jews this letter in order to open up their minds to the reality of how serious it is to reject that witness and it is serious Uh, to set forth our Lord and Saviour as a liar is blasphemy of the highest order Uh, and to deny Christ as he has revealed himself is a matter that will be corrected and corrected very uh, fully on the Day of Judgment. Well, there are three things that uh, quickly uh, I would like to mention. First of all, with hope, obviously, there is something that you are looking forward to that is an improvement on what is present. And of course, the Bible is telling us that when we die, if we die in Christ, we will go to a much better, to an incomparably better world And we presently live in. Now we can't imagine what it is like on the other side of the grave for those who have died and who have gone to be with Christ. But the Bible does tell us that it is a condition of life that is the highest and the most glorious that ever uh, a human being can enter into. Uh, And if you and I die as Christians, the day of our death will be infinitely better than the day of our birth. No question about that. That is what is promised. So, when we see hope, we all need hope because we are all aware, in a measure, of the shortcomings of ourselves and the shortcomings in this world. It's far from being a world that is full of joy. And you can see that in the tragic instances of uh, the poor people, and they are poor, and blessings on those who do so much to try and help them out of a problem, the drug addicts. It's really, really tragic how these people are seeking relief and joy and relaxation. And they give that impression to begin with. And then you become addicted and it destroys you. It destroys you. And also you see people who are addicted to drink, to strong drink, uh, the same thing applies there. Mm-hmm. To get away from the tension that is within and around us. How tempting to join those over uh, some uh, drink or alcohol in order to break away from the tensions within and again, although in itself uh, uh, these things are proper there is nothing wrong with wine or 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 or, or any of these things that are not abused but once they become our master they destroy us and it's very tragic when you meet with someone who is addicted to strong drink and and so people do that because they are unhappy Uh, and we live uh, in a time when we hear so much of uh, even uh, I'm hesitant to be saying this because, uh, but even youngsters uh, they just can't thaw going on living uh, uh, and they commit suicide. Uh, there's a lot of unhappiness in the world. There's happiness and joy in a measure, but there is a major problem as we live in this world. We read of Christ himself when he came into this world that he was a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. Now he was wholly harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners. And yet, because he came to deal with sin, Scripture says that he was a man of sorrow, of sorrows, and acquainted with grief. So, there is a necessity for hope, and hope is realized and beautifully realized in the scriptures of the old and New Testament. and uh, we see how the uh, hope uh, has a very clear function, and this function is illustrated in the way in which People are uplifted and encouraged to go on, whatever the difficulties. When we read of the Apostle Paul himself, he was treated in an abominable way. Perhaps after our Lord and Saviour, nobody was more hated than the Apostle Paul among the Jews. They would have killed him, and they tried to kill him. And they subjected him to all kinds of punishments, beating him with rods and so on. Uh, And yet, when we think of... of, uh, of the situation as it presents itself, we see that in the midst of it all, Paul was rejoicing and nobody could stop his rejoicing. And if you are a Christian, you have something to rejoice about whatever the difficulty that presently you may be going through. These difficulties will pass. And remember that within these difficulties, God will uphold you when you cannot uphold yourself. Now, as you know, it is by faith we are united to Christ. Faith is a receiving and resting alone upon Christ. And faith, of course, is historical, it goes back and it uh, includes the present, but hope goes forward. And it, it's uh, wonderful how uh, that hope going forward encourages the church wherever it is notwithstanding all the problems and difficulties uh, that uh, people have you have the church in throughout the world the remnant here and there and it is wonderful how this hope is kept alive and how the church is enabled to go forward. And so we see God described as the hope of Israel, the believer's hope. And last of all, we see that hope is the anchor. Now, uh, if we read... A Paul's shipwreck, we see a classic example there of how hope rests in the bosom of those who belong to Christ. You will recall in his uh, journey to Rome that he was shipwrecked at Malta. They threw out four anchors, in case they would be uh, smashed on the rocks. uh, But they survived, and Paul safely reached Rome. It was God's purpose that he should do so. And it is wonderful how uh, the believer is enabled to persevere. We have also the example of Daniel in the Old Testament when the conspirators who wanted to get rid of him because of his honesty, as a government official, you will remember how they managed to persuade the king uh, uh, to do something which led to Daniel being cast into the den of the lions. And you will recall how in these circumstances, Daniel didn't rant and rave at the conspirators, those who were against him. He left that where it was, but his hope was in God. And he had every right to be full of hope, for with the lions, the lions were as tame. And he wasn't touched. And he came out of the den uh, unhurt in any way. So hope is a wonderful thing. And the question is, what about ourselves? And it is wonderful to have that hope. But remember that it has to be in Christ. Don't think that if you're a good person... I recall when with certain events in the church someone said to me oh well I, I, I'm not good enough to come into your denomination well, that's nonsense it's rubbish there is no one good but God and my dear friend when you're looking for your comfort and for your hope. Don't look for perfection in yourself. You won't find it. The great apostle Paul speaks about a body of death. Look for it in Christ. It has to be Christ. And that's wonderful. Whatever your problem has been or is or will be, remember Christ is able to save you unto the uttermost, and nobody has plumbed the uttermost of God. Let us pray. Lord, we look to thee amidst all the gloom that surrounds us in this world, and we pray that thou wilt, in thy great mercy, do innocent for us infinitely above and beyond what we are able to ask or think. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. We shall close singing in Psalm 130, 130. And from verse (coughs) 5, verse 5, I wait for God, my soul doth wait, my hope is in his word, more than they that for morning watch, my soul waits for the Lord. Psalm 130 from verse 5 to the end of the psalm. I wait for God. The evening service at the usual time of 6.30pm The prayer meeting is on Thursday at 7.30pm The preacher is still to be arranged The service is next Sabbath at the usual times of 11am and 6.30pm The preacher expected is the Reverend John Morrison There are some flyers on the table in the vestibule giving details about a TBS conference to be held in the Kaldathal Christian Center on the 11th of November from 3 p.m. till 8.30 p.m. Booking is required to attend, but there is no charge. These are all the intimations. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you. Amen. Amen. Amen.